0: You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. Today we're honoured to have the current A-League Premiership Coach, Championship Coach, Paddy Gisnovo. Welcome along, Paddy. It's a great honour to have you with us.
1: Thank you, Gary. It's a great pleasure being on the show. We
0: we really, really appreciate it, mate. This this podcast is around about coaching lives, although we'll touch on your playing career, but you, you had a... Um, a great professional playing career started as a junior with Essendon City and Bulleen, and and ended up I think breaking into the NSL with South Melbourne, uh, and then across to Hearts in the Scottish Premier League and Leicester, uh, yep. Leeds in um, Divi One and and the Championship I think, uh, and uh, and obviously eighteen games for the Socceroos, games in the U teams, Oceania Championship, and I know that those Dicky uh, Achilles tendons uh, cost you a World Cup as well as finishing the game with the old soccerers against the Cobblers yep. more recently. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll, we'll cover all that, mate, but really looking forward to, to having you on the show. So um, tell us, how, how's life as a, as a championship-winning coach? that's got, got to enjoy it for a little while and then straight back into pre-season?
1: Yeah, look, I think um, it hasn't really sunk in, to be honest. Um, you know, I think pretty much after the sort of the, the final whistle, it was... You know you you enjoy it for the day um but then you're sort of looking (laughs) forward already for the for the next season um and and i and i think i was um overwhelmed with emotion because i was so tired on the night um that i I just wanted to go home and relax so um i haven't really you know enjoyed sort of uh i don't know the, the the process of maybe, you know, of what you do, you know, winning a championship because, you know, I've just been, uh, my time has been, you know, with other things in terms of getting ready for this season, um, trying to strengthen the squad, um, trying to learn, you know, um, trying to be dad at homeschooling. So th- there's so many other things that have come to play um, from that night until until today. So... Maybe one day um, I'll sit back and have a look and enjoy it. But uh, at the moment, it's a rebuilding and, you know, trying to improve again.
0: Yeah. It, it's um, You've had a, a great journey as a coach in terms of arriving back at Melbourne City, and maybe we'll get on to that a little bit later, because you've had a good range of assistant coaching roles and, and head coaching roles, and then into the, into the, the position this year, but Pat, is it fair to say that until you take on the role as the head coach, you don't know what you don't know?
1: Exactly right. You know, I think um, I had that bit of a that sort of feeling when you know I, I took over the the W League, um, where you know you sort of have to take full responsibility of everything and everything, no matter how good or bad. In today, stops with you. So. Um, and then when you go to the A-League team, like you said, it's it's un, it's uncharted waters. So you're sort of going in, you know, not knowing too much and you, you pretty much, you know, get thrown straight in the deep end. So it's yeah. either how quickly you adapt. But, you know, it, 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 it it's crazy. Like it, it's – you, you, you got to learn. And it's crazy to say, but you learn by your mistakes. Yeah. Oh, and I think that's what sort of, you know, makes you maybe mentally stronger, but it makes you aware of you know, how big your job is, because in the, the day, you know, people wanna see you win, but they don't see everything else. And, you know, I went through a tough time. I'm not gonna lie, I went through a tough time where we lost three in a row. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, how, how do you come out of that? But it's learning on making mistakes and trying to improve yeah. and get better.
0: Yeah, I, I think all coaches, <laughs> no matter where in their journey they are, everyone experiences that. Um, not everyone obviously is coaching at the pointy end of the A League with a with a with a huge team, um, but I think when you lose three or four or five in a row as a coach, you learn a lot about your team, but you perhaps learn a lot more about yourself.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I, I you,
0: you too. yeah um yeah. you so tell us what what's going through your head when you when you're going through a period like that right at the start of the season
1: look i think look i'll speak for myself but i think you question yourself like you know um am i doing the right thing am i doing a good job um what what am i getting wrong um so you know the, the doubt, maybe you know you, you start doubting y- yourself. So like all these little things started going through my head because I'd never experienced you know, this before. Um, so I had to really like peel back everything and say, okay, look, you know, did I? Did we have a good preseason? Y- yes. You know, are we maybe you know uh, getting a good position to score, but not scoring? Okay, that's a tick. Yes, we just have to finish it off. So. I started put it all back and started to watch and analyze, you know, the good things um, instead of focusing on the the negative. And pretty much once I sort of pulled that back and focused on the good things, then I knew, okay, this is an area that I had to build. And w- whatever noise or whatever people were saying uh, around me, I didn't let that bother me. I didn't let that affect me because I can only control uh, the controllables, which are, you know, the team. I think yeah. when you know, a new coach or, you know, you sort of get mixed up in everything else, where, um, you know, I, I had to realize, well, you know, I need to focus on the controllables and, and that's it. And, and that's what I did, really. Um, yeah. And if we lost and we did it right in my way, okay, I, I could accept that, you know, and but as long as I knew that in myself. So um, when those three losses, you know, in a row happened, you know, again, my head was going to be crazy. You know, I couldn't sleep and I was saying, you know, what am I doing wrong? Am I a good coach? Am I ready? You know, I was, I was 39 at the stage, and, you know, you start thinking, oh, there's so many other coaches out there that are probably saying, oh, what does he know? And, you know, all <laughs> that sort of stuff. Where, yeah. You know, I started to, like, say, okay, stop and then focus on the the, the positives and just work towards that.
0: Yeah. Mate, I, I really like that, and you, it, it, thanks for sharing it because that's that's not easy to share. Patty, did you as you're going through that, um, you've got your obviously your your wife, um, who's I'm going to assume one of your best mates. You can talk to her. Did you have anyone else, any other mentor, anyone else that you can help talk your way through that?
1: Yeah, look, I, I speak to Eric Mombats uh, again a lot. Um, I spoke to Andrew Postacoglu. you know, uh, I remember Andrew saying, you know, his first senior gig you know, he lost six in a row. So yeah. it, it's comforting when you hear, you know, the great coaches, how they've gone up, but at the start, how they've, you know, struggled a bit. So I thought, well, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of the same. I'm not any different. Um, it's how am I going to get out of this? Yeah. And how can I get better and grow? And um, I was speaking to someone um, and they said exactly, like, this will be the best part of your coaching, the best the best part of your learning. And at the time, you don't realise that. Yeah. Um, but so now, hindsight, you think, wow, like, maybe they're right. And I'm sure, like every other coach, you'll go through times in your life where it will be like that. But it's the way I can look at it and maybe get to the other side.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it's fair to say that in, in life in general, and, and, and yeah. certainly in football and coaching, that the the those losses, it's times when it's really tough like that, That that is where the learning happens. That is where you, you look and grow and say, okay, well, maybe we need to come at that a different way. So no, it's good and a yeah. wonderful outcome. And also
1: like, yeah, you know, people think, you know, like coaching's all this, you know, the bright lights, but you know, as you would know, when you go through a difficult time, You've only got yourself, really, sometimes. So it's, it's, it's a lonely it's a lonely job. It's a lonely place sometimes to be, you know, yeah. because, you know, everyone's just looking at you and, and the negatives. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, it's <laughs> one of those where, you know, you learn and you move on.
0: Yeah. Well, mate, and, and, and you certainly did move on. So c- congratulations. What, what a fantastic year for you personally, um, for the players, all the support crew. The club and the fans. Obviously, it's been a very, very long journey for them. So, um, incredible that it all comes together, and and you had the year you did. Um, and long may that continue. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Of course. <laughs> Paddy, Paddy, let's go back a little bit to your playing days. You obviously played as a as a pro in the UK, in in arguably one of the toughest leagues in the world, in the Championship and League One. It's it's, you know, people doing a lot to get out of that, to get into the Premier League and those sorts of things. D- during your time as a pro, which coach or coaches had the most influence over you? Look,
1: I think everyone plays their part, um, whether good, bad or indifferent. Um, you know, I, I think I learned a lot of Simon Grayson um, where he created, the, he created a team where... It, it, it didn't matter who we played against. We, we thought we had this self belief that we're never going to lose. Yeah. Um, where you know, I learned off uh, uh, you know Ian Holloway and Gary Megson. Where you know, uh, work rate. If you if you if you cannot work, uh, you can't play football. So um, I had Nigel Pearson on, on on discipline. You know, so you had so many coaches. I, I think when I look at it, that the one of the best was probably Craig Levine. Yeah. um you know a, a boy from melbourne that you know goes to the hearts and thinking pre-season is easy and then th- the first day you've got triple sessions i'm like what like what am i doing <laughs> so it was a complete reality check you know where uh, that's what i think you know i think sometimes us australians we, we think we're good here and then we go over there and we're like wow like <laughs> we're like maybe not we're near it you know yeah. and gave me that fantastic introduction of what it took to be a pro and, yeah. and it was different and it was really difficult. But you know, I think if you didn't, if I didn't go through those hard times again, I wouldn't have had the career I had. Yeah. You know, and then, um, yeah, look again, so many people along the way have, have played their part, but, um, <sighs> the ones that stick out to me are the ones I just mentioned. They're the ones specifically where I thought, wow, like, Okay, I, I understand. Yeah.
0: So on that on that journey as a, a player, wh- where were you on the journey when you thought, you know, what I, I think I like this coaching lark. I think I uh, this could be something I want to do. I'm going to start to get my badges and and work towards a, a future as a coach. Did, did, was that a light bulb moment, or was that just something? yeah, yeah.
1: The- yeah? It was. Um, I was never good at school, so I always wanted to stay within the game um and back then in what way i didn't know at the time so um i know in england where um every wednesday they have a a coaching course where you start your c um and you do it one day one day a week yeah so i'm like well instead of me having a day off i I might start to get to coach and and learn Um, and that's what i did and like i started to really enjoy it Um, and it was crazy because in your coaching, you start as a player, you sort of analyse the difference. And you think, oh, well, now I'm learning both ways as a player and it's sort of how the coach looks at it. So um, I just kept going with my with my badges, as you would say, and um, yeah. I did mine in England, in the UK. So, uh, you know, it, it just sort of kept going and going. And, you know, I remember my wife said this and, you know, like it was on holiday as well, you know, you need to go back and do it. And I was like, well, I don't want to go back i'm having a holiday well she says we're not to take it serious uh, these are the <laughs> sacrifices Absolutely. so exactly so you know i went back and you know did the coaching course and you know just progressed really um and, and again with what i loved it you know yeah. when i was playing in melbourne i used to go watch the U team with the coaches after the season just to see how they did it and so i don't know i just love that that coaching part. Um, and when there's no pressure, it's fantastic, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> but then on the flip side, when it changes, you think, okay, it's a bit different to what I imagined. But, um, yeah, I, I just enjoyed it. And, you know, it's great to see when, as you would know, when you work on something in training and it comes off in the game, you think, oh, wow, what, what a special moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was so, It's, it's really amazing. Rewarding. I can remember as a player the first time that happened with me with Eric Worthington and um, uh, up in Sydney. I, I, I just, I was blown away. I, at that point, I, I can't remember. I was probably 23. I'd never, never worked with someone, a coach that could put a session on a in a, in a practice session that, in, that could impact my behavior and, and the uh, my teammates and that that would work and, and make a difference on the weekend. I, I just, I was like, God, he's a witch doctor, this bloke. What's, what, what's yeah, he up he to?
1: Yeah, it, so. it, it's crazy, like you know, and you see stuff with Guardiola when, you know, he tells the players, "Don't worry, this is going to happen," and it actually happens. So, yeah. it, it takes a special person for me that to get to that level. And there's a, not just Guardiola; there's so many coaches like that, you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, nah, nah, it's
0: great, mate. Paddy, how important was your your transition at Melbourne City? Was fantastic. You finished as playing, and they 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 offered you a role as an assistant. Um, with the w league team and the youth league team how important was that opportunity at the beginning not in a head coaching role but in a coaching role um for you to begin to learn your craft and start to work out what you were going to be like as a coach
1: yeah i think it's really important look i got um giving the under 20s job um straight off the bat so um it was again i think what helped me is you got to communicate in a different way. You know, here you are as a senior and now you've got to communicate to 15-, 16-year-olds to what you want. You know, you can't expect them to know what you're doing in your brain. Um, and it was translating that on the pitch. So, you know, I thought it was fantastic where, you know, I could learn to communicate, put sessions on that would teach the players. And it was all for me about teaching. I didn't worry about results for me. It was, if I can do them. If they can do A, B, and C, great. You know, and within sticking within a, a club, you know, a game style, game model, um, and then learning the methodology as we went on. So I, I think that was re- really good, really good at the start. Um, as you said, I, I went on to uh, do the, the girls. And then you're working with different athletes, you're working with females. Um, and yeah. that's, a whole different thing where females are, they're very intelligent. They're very intelligent. Um, but the speed of the game is a bit slower. So I had to learn to slow the game down, show them the way ish, well, we want it to be done in a game way, and then transi- transition that on in a, in a game. And again, that were great. Look, that that were great. You know, but yeah. I think as I went on, it's, a lot about football, but the, the man management and the female management, um, it, it's it's so, so much more important for me as you get higher than maybe, yeah. I don't know, the, the, the tactics. The tactics are big, but, you know, man management is probably the the, the most important part of coaching um, because yeah. you have so many different players that learn in so many different ways, and you got to get them all to connect for 90 minutes and only train them. <laughs> Um that's and, and you know how it is, sometimes there's some tears, sometimes there's some fighting, but um if you can manage the group the right way to get what you want, um you know you're doing you're on a you're on you're on the way, and that's what the, the females taught me. Um yeah. and communication, yeah, you know, they like to communicate a lot, you know, feedback, um good, bad, or indifferent. Um and then when obviously when I went to the 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 the, the men. Sort of assistant, it was okay. Now I'm back with men, so now I need to get my brain to speed up because men do so quickly and and things change so rapidly. Um, and the picture changed so quickly that I had to re sort of jig my head and my brain to okay, now it's quicker. And that was again doing the same management training, like training, designing trainings. So there was every step of the way from 20s to where I'm now, I learned so many different things. And then as a head coach, you try and put it all together.
0: Yeah. And that, I was thinking through, in looking at that pathway, um, it, it, it's almost like if you're gonna try and find an ideal way for someone to commence their coaching journey um, within the one organisation, you've probably you've probably jagged it where you are. It, it, because it, for most people, it just doesn't happen that way. You. You know, you end up. You might change teams, but in most cases, the changing team often means changing the club as well, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Look, uh, I think uh, you know we had we had some change in in, in the in the sort of the, the, the coaching arrangements. But where when I was around, I wasn't sort of like so. If the something happened in the first team, I was with the the females, so it didn't sort of impact me. Yeah. Um, and it was only until when I got asked to join, uh, that's when I joined, you know, so I, I wasn't there through all the change. I was there when at the club when the change of managers, but I wasn't yeah. in like positions of with the first team manager, I was with the twenties or the, the the females, you know? So the only time I was the change was uh, with uh, Warren Joyce. Um, and then obviously Eric bought uh, someone else with him. So, yeah. I had to convince Eric that I knew what he was doing and how to work and and, and that's how the relationship started. You have yeah, through trust, through working hard and showing I'm on his level. If it wasn't like that, I, I wouldn't be here today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that very, very much happens, doesn't it? And you I'm sure you as a player you've seen that. A new manager comes in, out yeah. go most of the coaching staff, the support staff. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, it could be six or eight people leaving and six or eight new people come in. So very unusual. Paddy, it, it makes me think, is there a, um, a lot of people praised Eric for the way that he, he changed a whole bunch of stuff within the city group. Is there a, a city group way of coaching or playing the game? or
1: Definitely playing the game. Um, so we have our own game style, um, game model um, under the, the, the city style of football. So... Yeah. That's our identity. Now, I believe in it. Eric believes in it. So he was really the one that um, really introduced it to the group. And it it takes time. Like, it takes, you know, five, six, excuse me, five, six years. Absolutely. And you're forever forever learning. So he really introduced uh, our identity in the city style. Now, um, my job was just to get that better and improve it. And improve it again this year, you no. Know, but our style and our identity still remain the same. But it, 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 but he introduced a, a, a lot of things, which was which was great. And you know, um, and I'm trying to still continue that and trying to improve that. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I, I won't, Yeah, and I won't change it. And look, we all add our little sort of feel. Um, Eric had his. I've got mine. Um, but the game model won't, won't, doesn't
0: change. Yeah. Does that stuff just really involve the, the game model and the tactics? Is it, does it become a cultural thing? Is it the way people behave in and around the club as well?
1: Yeah, it, it does. Like it just doesn't translate just to football. I think it's uh, a group thing. But I'll talk on behalf of Melbourne City. Like, yeah, of course, uh, behaviours uh, being respectful. Um, You know, all that sort of stuff, you know, is the way that, you know, we want to hold our club accountable and our players accountable for, you know, because after football, there's actually a thing called life, (laughs) you know, that (laughs) players sometimes don't realise. And and when they finish their career, I want them to be good people, good individuals, good humans, humble, because football doesn't last forever. You know, and, you know, People don't realise that sometimes. So I'm trying to also create uh, good human beings, humble people. You know, um, no matter how long they last at the club, but you know, their their attitude and being uh, the right person it lasts forever.
0: Yeah. How, how how does that within the the um, Melbourne city does that roll down? Through into the, the young players and the academies? Because I, I think one of the criticisms can be that, you know, a, a lot of the talented youngsters come through. They've got the great hairstyle and they've got the best boots going around and, yeah. you know, the picture of Ronaldo or Messi on the fridge and they think that they've arrived and, you know, that they, they just, they have arrived at A place but they certainly haven't finished their journey. So, is, is that a key for the, for the whole organisation?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think... The, the respect respecting, you know, what I've known is all, all the young players go around and shake everyone's hand when they see them. Um, their attire, I can't really say I've seen, you know, or, or what they, they're wearing and stuff. But yeah. I know that, you know, we try to keep them as as humble as, as we can. Um, what kills us is obviously Nike and Adidas and all these doing colored <laughs> boots, just keep them black. <laughs> you know, so that will make our job easier. <laughs> um but um, you know like I think you sort of you can sort of understand where you know we had heroes when we were growing up um, we just need to sort of sometimes tone things down and as again the world everything evolves, but if we yeah. can keep uh, some humility um, with if the academy um, plays which at the moment they're
0: very good. Um, I think we're doing a good job uh, absolutely uh, it's, a, it, it's a great model. So I've got a question to ask everyone about as people's coaching evolved over the journey and um, you know your journey as a coach isn't that long right now but it's still a valid question has your has your coaching changed already has it evolved from from where it, where you thought it was going to be when you you first stepped into a, a coaching yeah. role?
1: I think it has. I think, you know, if you don't evolve, you stay at, uh, you know, you stay still. So uh, as we know, in football, if you don't evolve, you know, you you don't progress. So, of of course, I've evolved, Um, you know, I've looked into things that, you know, I can improve on myself. Um, I can improve the team. But the first thing I do is look at myself and see, you know, what do I need to change? Because if I'm asking players to change, I need to ask myself: Do I need to change first? Um, and then, th- then th- that's how I build. So if I ch- evolve as myself as a person, and as coaching, I ask that of the players as well. And uh, I have, you know, and that's again through, you know, speaking to a few people, you know, reading a couple of books, um, again making mistakes at training and analyzing, and, and so you forever, you're forever learning, no matter what. Um, yeah. But for me, the main thing is, you know, being a good person. You know, forget the coach. You know, if I could win as many titles as I want, but if I'm a bad person, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything to me. I'd rather be a good person um, yeah, more than anything else.
0: Yeah. No, I like that a lot, mate. I like that a, a great deal. Um, you uh, again in looking through in your time at Melbourne City, you've you've had. Um, um Joe Monty. Oh, you started, I think, assisting with Pala, Joe Palazzitis, old mate of mine Pala. Joe Montemuro's been through there. John Vance, Eric, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming had a had a great impact. Um, there's an awful lot of wisdom in that group. Have you had a coaching mentor over the journey or someone that you can really bounce ideas off and learn from?
1: At the moment it's it's Eric. Yeah. Um again, we we speak a lot and we we do a lot of homework together um, just to see, you know, if if this looks okay or can I do something here? And and it's vice versa. He asked me the same thing. So, um, in in the coaching sense, um, I I speak to Eric quite a lot like something like this where we can share screens and we can share certain um, sort of tactical things or practices and to see if you know, they're good or can I do better or are there any mistakes or did you see anything that I didn't see? Um, and Eric is the harshest critic. Like, I'm not going to lie. He he might look all nice and dressed, but <laughs> let me tell you, um, <laughs> he, 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 he does mix his words. So he's very honest. And if he doesn't like something, he'll tell you. Um, yeah. So it's great to have someone that I could um, do that. And we're great friends. So, It's crazy how this relationship works, but it works so well. So he's the one that my go-to guy that, you know, we can learn off each other. Um, And uh, Manchester also have a um, sort of a a team coach that coaches the coaches.
0: Um,
1: And um, his his name's Kerry. So Kerry does a lot of work with coaches. And, you know, sometimes Kerry sends me homework on, you know, Man City games on. You know, analyze yeah. this and know what you think. And it's great to test my brain because I'm yeah. either totally wrong or I'm on the mark. So um, you're forever learning in different ways, yeah. and that's how I test myself.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like I like that again. I, I think early on here, you know, you said it, it can be a, it can be a very lonely place being a head coach. Um, Particularly um, in senior football, so having that opportunity to bounce ideas and and continue your learning within a that safe environment is is a nice place to do it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How, how about outside of football, Paddy? You, you're a Melbourne boy, obviously. Melbourne, yeah. you know, right. growing up, I'm sure you kicked the footy around, bowled a ball, and, and slogged one over the fence. Those sorts of things. Have have coaches from other sports? Uh, have you looked anywhere else to? Uh, to see how people are coaching players and leading men and women or uh,
1: it's i think it's more on that the, i've been to uh i went to melbourne a couple of years back with simon goodwin um yeah. just to see how their culture is at the club and um just have a look at his man management and you know uh, uh what they do um you know I, I, I haven't really spent an awful lot of time with other coaches from other codes, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but I have someone outside the club that I speak to a lot, um, and look, he is fantastic. You know, he gives it. He gives, a, he gives a, the perspective of football's just a game, and it's not life. Yeah. So, um, speak to him. is he, really. He's really. He's really good. Um, and it's someone that's not involved in football. He has no idea yeah. about football. He's just learned through me, you know. So um, <laughs> it's good to have someone that sort of not interested in the game but interested yeah. in you and how you develop as a person and as a coach.
0: Yeah. In that development, I think one of the other things that that happens as you grow into the role is, you, you know, you you go in as an assistant coaching role and, and you know, you're running around putting out cones and, and gathering up the bibs and, and doing whatever needs to be done. And, and then you progress into a, a head coaching role and, and it's a lot more focused around, you know, the, the, the players and how we're going to play. And then you step up into um, an A-league head coaching role and all of a sudden you're not just managing or leading players, you're now leading a, a group of off-field staff that in some clubs can be as big or bigger than, than the playing yeah. group. How, has, how have you found that? How, how has that worked out for you?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think in that way I think it was a bit easier for me because uh, a lot of these people were here when I was playing. So we already had a relationship. Um, so that, that I think that was the, that was easy for me because they knew how – sort of the club identity was, um, they know I am, they know how I am as, as a person, even though we hadn't worked together until sort of last season. Um, but it, it, it was it was easy, they're good. Um, we sort of, again, we're always on, we always agree, with not agree with each other, but we're on the same wavelength. You know, yeah. if we're in two different ways, then you're always butting heads, you've got a problem. But we, you know, we come in the middle and say, okay, let's meet this way and you know, adapt. And okay, we go ahead with that. But look, yeah. they know the sort of the way that the club is, they know the culture of the club, that they know the people I've known them for years and years. So that was that was an easy one for me. Um, yeah. it didn't really need to um, change an awful lot, yeah.
0: And then yeah. the, the, the third part of that is we, we're leading players, we're working with the players, we've got a team of people and in your current position you now got to manage up. There's a CEO, there's a there's a board, there's a city group to report through. How, how have you found uh, that?
1: Yeah, r- really good. Again, uh, Brad, the CEO, was here before I was. Yeah. So I, I seen him around the, as a player. So, you know, even though the titles change, that the people haven't changed, which is great. Yeah. So yeah. it 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 was it's really it's really easy. Again, it um is continuity within the club. Even though we've had yeah. change of coaches and maybe players, um, yeah. around it generally we've had a, a good continuity within the club.
0: Yeah. Um, why do you do it? Why do you coach?
1: I think mean, because I love the game. Um, you know, I think someone asked me about that the other day and, you know, what, what the, the, satisf- the, the satisfaction I get, um, when I see, you know, four of our players playing the Olympics, um, hopefully, you know, one day, you know, you have a part to play in a player's career where, you know, they make it, you know, big in, in a top European team, um, that's the satisfaction I get. That's why I love it. Yeah. I, I want to, you know, like, a bit like yourself, like, you know, we're football lovers. We want this game to be the biggest game in Australia. And I, I'm the same. So yeah. if I can play my part in doing that um, and trying to, you know, help these players' careers in some way be positive, uh, that's so I said And that's why I do it.
0: Yeah, I don't do it for any reason else. Yeah. And it beats having a real job as well, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know, people don't think, you know, a real job's <laughs> nine to five. Um, a, a coach is,
1: there's no, no, no such thing as hours. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, it's difficult. Yeah. It's also one of the things that used to intrigue me when uh, I was at Melbourne Victory was p- people sort of think, okay, well, you've got that. You know, a short season and the longest preseason in the history of the universe. Obviously, you guys don't do an awful lot during that time. Um, oh, wow. And the way it works out, it can be actually be just if not more busy during uh, those times. That was my the findings anyway. Yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. I think, I think you do more in preseason than the season because you go game to game. We're here; it's a continuous sort of session upon session upon yeah. session. So yeah. it's 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 completely different.
0: Ralph, actually, before you you joined us, Ralph and I were talking about this, the length of the pre-season, and um, I'm just wondering how you've approached it. Obviously, you've come off a wonderful season. You you couldn't have done any better. Um, You've got to, um, I I assume, finalise some recruiting and and do a few bits and pieces. How do you you make sure that the players are coming back, you know, they've – and they're not still training, like they just won the championship, then they're like, okay, well, that's good. You've got the medal. Now we're looking to get another one.
1: So, um, obviously, we, we have meetings before they leave. Um, and we have, we have uh, sort of areas where they must come back in a certain way. Um, and if they don't meet that criteria, um, you know, A, it's, they'll be in trouble. And be doing an extra session. Um, but B, it lets the team down and I, and I let them know that you know, like you, 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 know, the past is the past, you gotta concentrate now. Um, also, um, I bought the plays in early, um, because I can. <laughs> so if the people <laughs> try and get in, I can, right? So, um, just so they underst- understood that. You know the way we need to approach it this this season. You know, it's no one's no one's gonna uh, say, okay, yeah, he's three points, no chance. Yeah, you know, and we know the league gets harder and harder. There's some great coaches around, yeah. and some great teams. So talk about evolving and that. You, that's what you need to do. Um, yeah. you know, so these are little things that I implemented during the off season. You know, I bought the players in off season one by one. Come let's have breakfast. I need I need to talk to you about. A, B, and C. so they knew that I was always thinking and I had to always be ready to you know, to do to be ready to you know uh, like I say st- start a preseason yeah uh, so these are the little things that I did um, uh, just to make them understand that you know this is very important but this preseason is ultra important you know, it's the base of everything to improve yeah now
0: good good on you mate um, let, let's change back a little bit and come come back to you again. I um, unfortunately I was we, we did, I'm going to call them the old fart soccer here in Melbourne. i have been playing playing the cofferoos uh, to raise money uh, for a charity for um, a couple of the, 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 the well, one of the coppers that was unfortunately killed um, many years ago now. And um, we're about 20 minutes in, and you were doing a great job making a bit of a comeback as a player and did this crazy little turn in the corner and all of a sudden we hear this great snap and, and you've snapped your Achilles, um, which is devastating in that circumstance because you're, you're, I don't know, there was probably four or five games to go in the season and yeah. you know, you're away. But, but that, that wasn't the worst one. I'm guessing the, the, the first one, which I think you might have done at Millwall back in 2010, um, cost you a, a, a trip to the World Cup in South Africa. Um, yeah, that's only one one of the ways that that players get impacted. But how important has it been on your journey to develop resilience, firstly, as a player um, and then as a coach?
1: Yeah, look, I I think you sort of look, I think you you build that as a, a 19 year old going to Scotland on his own with no family, living in a house with nobody learning to cook, clean on, on their own and make it to training on their own. I think it starts from early on um, because it's very difficult, you know, <laughs> leaving your family and going on your own to some foreign place where you have no idea. Um, yeah. So that's the, that's the start. I think then when you start including injuries, uh, that's, even, that's even different because, you know, as you know, uh, I- injuries could be, you know, unfortunately they could be career ending. We, yeah. we, we can't we can't stop that, but you know I think when you get injured, you know you realize that there's someone else to take your spot. And if you don't get back okay that that person takes this opportunity, but if you do, you know you've got to be ready to fight and take that spot back.
0: yeah
1: and you know it, it's very easy to say oh I'm injured, and I can't. That's the easiest thing to do to quit um but i wasn't brought up like that so um and i've never had it easy and the only way that i knew was to fight back and you know to give up my best through life whatever whatever and, and i think that that translates to uh a coaching career as well because as you know when you play you had so many up and downs like so many yeah. um and it sort of it, it it may it hardens you up and makes you aware of those certain situations when you face them again as a coach yeah you know and it's different as a coach as well that feeling because as a coach that as a player you can't get seconds player. you've got a contract yeah unless you're in your last year whereas a coach they can replace you as soon as they want yeah that's the difference that's an that's another thing that you learn as a coach when you're losing that okay like it's either you know You've you knuckled down and you try your best or you give up and you get sacked or you walk away. Yeah. That so teaches you two different ways as a player and as a coach. Same outcome. It's the same outcome. Um, but I think it's, I think it's, as, as a coach, it's um, more ruthless. And as you see in, in, in England, you know, they change, they they change coaches like I change a pair of boots. You know, every 12 yeah. games. Like it, it's crazy. So you can never, ever um, rest on your laurels or ever think, okay, it, it, this is easy or, you know, the, the coaches are, we, we fight, we fight to the end. And if it's not good enough, oh, well, lucky, at least you tried. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so tough, isn't it, particularly for coaches because, as we said right at, back at the start of this conversation, um, it's when you're losing as a coach that you're probably learning the most. Yeah. Um, but if you lose too often, learn a lot, you might have a job, you, you, you know, yeah. the application of the learning might be in a new job at a new club. Yeah. Um, it, it's part of, the, part of the challenge and the, the joy of, of being a, a coach at the top level of football.
1: And also I think the hardest thing is that as a player, when you're injured, everything's in your own hands. As a coach, it's not in your hands, it's in other individuals. Yeah. So if those individuals decide one day, are oh, they're a bit tired in that, and something happens bad, you're the one that suffers, not them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I think a wise man once said, you know, if you're um if you're a coach and you lose your job, you've got your your, your wife and your lawyer and your car, and that's about it for you know for getting right. around. It's tough. Yep. And I think that's part of you know what Football Coaches Australia has has been working hard to do, and that's find some standards there that, that, that we can get um, into the governance of the game here in Australia and then and, and you're never going to stop it happening but at least make sure that coaches get paid out what they're entitled within the right sort of time frames but uh, of
1: course because look no one goes out there to lose no one like that's absolutely. but unfortunately like sometimes that's reality
0: yeah yeah Paddy, you've, you've – <laughs> this question seems a little bit redundant because I'm about to ask you what have been some of your most enjoyable moments and you just won the premiership <laughs> and the championship, but I'm yeah. going to ask you anyway. So, yeah. as a coach so far, what have been some of your most enjoyable moments?
1: I think uh, sort of last season, that day one of pre-season, um, where actually I knew this was my first day you know, as a head coach, um, it was fantastic to to know that your hard work and all your sacrifices, um, you know, are ready for that day. Um, and the excitement, the unknown about, you know, how you're going to go, um, yeah. I, I thought that was fantastic. That, that's what I really loved, you, know? um, you know, seeing, seeing, uh, you know, as I said before, you know, young players develop. I, I think that's really inc- exciting for me, you know, yeah seeing them again you know, we watched them on the olympics seen them play against you know the best kids in the world at their age and some of them like i think I played did pretty pretty okay you know and Absolutely. we can hold our own we're just you know we just you know 48 hours away in you know not in a country where football is not one sport but we can hold our own
0: yeah.
1: and uh, uh that's that's great you know and, and I think also, you know, uh, I know it's cliche, but you know, when obviously you you, you win, you win, you win the, the the titles. But you know, seeing, you know, my mum's face, my kids' face, my wife's face, like at the end, you know, that they've been through the journey with you. It, it's you know, it, it's it's great to see. You know, it's like those Olympians when you see their families watching them on TV. You know, one, I might be that dad to my kids. Um, but it was such a proud moment just to sit back and see uh, my family like that. It, it was really nice. Yeah,
0: I, I got to see him scurrying after you with that broken, that rupture of Achilles <laughs> tendon uh, <laughs> middle, middle part. They they handled all that pretty well, but they were. I, I'm sure that was a lot more enjoyable <laughs> for him. <them. laughs> so, uh, based on what you said so far, I think I know the answers to this question as well. But what does success look like? for you right now uh, I, I
1: think success for me is the way I am as a person um and the way I portray myself to you know everyone at the club the players the staff the, the admin staff and the football community um for me that's number one um because I think it's so important you know in the day football is is a job you know and and it's very it's it could be long it could be short uh, it's not like life. But if I'm a good person to someone like yourself and um, that means so much more to me, than Patty Kishnob as a coach, you know, it's, um, it, it's not real. You know, me as yeah. a person is real. Um, and that's, for me, a r- really important trait that, you know, um, that I want to have.
0: Good on you, Patty. You're a great human being. Um, Thank you. On the downhill run here, a couple to go, what would be your biggest mistake, biggest learning so far? Um, I, I think
1: when we went through the, sort of that stage, it, it was doubt. Um, I started to doubt myself, not on the training pitch, but just when I was at home where, you know, I, I knew what I was doing it works I started to doubt to say does it work or am I the right person for this job am I too young um that was sort of the 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 I started to think in when things were not so great um you know because I had to look at myself I had to reflect and everything everyone blames you so that's that was the thing I started to doubt in myself my ability to be a, a football coach and manager where once I distanced that and didn't worry about the, the noise, um, yeah. I just looked ahead. Yeah. yeah.
0: Good on you. Following on from that a little bit, the, the modern uh, athlete, the modern footballer um, is looked at by most football clubs now in a lot more holistic way. So not only their physical Um, well-being is is important, but their mental well-being as well. I think we've seen during the Olympic Games, you know, um, examples of of athletes just hitting the wall mentally. Um, And so there's a great focus on on, uh, mental health of athletes. Um, But I think it's become evident to me since I've been a part of Football Coaching Australia that mental health of coaches is something that's been very, very, very rarely spoken about. But as we've discussed, it can be a very, very lonely place well, what what are your thoughts on on that? And and you know, is, is, is the work environment you're currently in? Is, is have you got someone that you can chat about that sort of stuff with as well?
1: Yeah. Look, so we have we have something in place at the club um, that if we needed to, myself or the players needed to speak to, uh, yep. we we can. Um, you know, I have someone that I speak to outside of work, um, just to touch base and. No, speak to them about a a few things but uh, mentally it's all mental for me it's you know it's all mental because uh, as you see these athletes under so much pressure to perform um at the highest level that sometimes it's all too much yeah and um I I think the you know if we could have again our club's good at it but if we can have um, avenues where people could reach out, I think it helps because yeah. uh, it's a matter of time that someone's going to crack. But if you speak about it, then you might uh, stop that person from cracking just to get off their chest. Yeah. You know, everyone has yeah. a cracking point. If you can stop that from happening, uh, maybe that helps and uh, maybe you can move forward and it's not too late. Bad. you know. So you know, there's been a lot of players, I think, back in the day when I was younger that... You know, mentally they they suffered, but it wasn't really known as much. Yeah. Where these days it's it's a big thing. So if we have programs around this and educate everyone, I think it helps.
0: Yeah. No, I like that too, mate. Okay. Final question for the day. Yeah. If there was one, one piece of wisdom that you could offer young coaches, coaches on the middle of the journey, coaches towards the end of the journey, one piece of wisdom about coaching, what would that be? Uh,
1: I, I think you'd be true to yourself, um, you, you know, and and, and do, your, do your apprenticeship. Don't be in a rush to do, you know, to become a head coach after, you know, uh, retiring or having one job. You know, you need, you need to learn. You need to understand. You see, you need to go through some bad things to come good on the other side. So don't be in, in a rush, you know, um, uh, to, get, to get to be head coach. Even though in hindsight, I say that, but before I was one of those people. But, you know, if, if your time's right, your time will be right, it will happen. Um, but you, I think you need to really do your apprenticeship and understand the full um, way of a coach's life, because it's not just, you know, putting 11 players on the pitch. It it involves everything. end of the day, the coach runs the whole club, and that's how I see it. So um, don't be in a rush. Learn as much information as you can. Speak to as many people as you can. Um, Try things in in training. Um, And one day, you know, hopefully everyone gets a chance, no matter what level they are, to fulfil their dream and be a head coach somewhere.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Paddy. I reckon that's a great... Place to fish it, and, and it's wonderful. that After winning a, a premiership and a championship, the City Group have lashed out on that wonderful roller door behind you at your new training <laughs> complex at, Casey, Casey Fields.
1: <laughs> well, they spent a hundred million on Grellish, so we've got to sort of take <laughs> them step back somehow.
0: <laughs> uh, good on you, Patty. Really, really Thank appreciate you, you joining, joining you us very today. It's been fantastic. All right, you. You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media the Podcast Professionals. If you've enjoyed today's conversation with Paddy, then please go to footballcoachesoz.org.au, buy a membership, renew a membership, or just find out about our organisation. Have a wonderful day.